Hi everyone, Jeremy Simon here from 3D Universe. Welcome back for another episode of 3D Universe Untethered. This is our ongoing uh, series where we get to sit down with folks that are in the industry uh, dealing with digital fabrication technologies, which is what we love. 3D printing, laser cutting, which is the topic of today, uh, vacuum forming, CNC, all that fun stuff. And uh, we love hearing the stories that uh, folks have to tell, especially those who built businesses around this kind of technology. And we got a great one for you today. We've got guys here from Big Secret. And I'm going to say right now, for those of you uh, watching or listening, you might want to head over to BigSecret.com, check out their works. So you can see what we're going to be talking about. You'll see some of that during our discussion today. But certainly, uh, for those of you listening to the audio version, head over to BigSecret.com, check out their projects there. It's phenomenal work, and we're going to get to talk about that today. Also, I want to invite you to use the comments there on the Facebook Live page to join in today. Uh, we will see your comments in real time. We'll try to bring those into the discussion as we go. So please do join in here. Put your comments in there and uh, ask questions or share your comments and observations there. And uh, as always, head over to 3duniverse.org, our blog site, and you'll see a graphic there for 3D Universe Untethered. That'll take you to the page where you can find all the recordings and listing of upcoming episodes so you can see the other uh, great uh, sessions that we have coming up. So uh, with that, I want to uh, welcome to the stage here our guests. Uh, first of all, Jen Owen, who's the creative director with 3D Universe. Most of you know her already. She's with me as co-host today. Welcome, Jen. Hello. Our guest today, we have Jason Lefton and Justin Ensley from Big Secret. Jason Lefton has a background in digital arts and a passion for working with creative people of all kinds. He loves table tennis, film, and traveling. The polar bear is his favorite animal. His studio, Big Secret, enjoys producing a wide variety of projects for artists, designers, and advertising agencies. They laser etch, cut, and mark an array of materials such as wood, paper, acrylic, glass, and fabric, but also enjoy experimenting with non-traditional mediums such as leaves, shoes, food, and bones. Justin studied graphic design throughout high school and college, which left him with a great understanding of the principles of design, but he wasn't sure how he could employ those skills in his day-to-day. The act of making physical objects that didn't, that didn't only live on a screen had always interested him, which led him on a journey toward freelance design work, screen printing, large format printing, heat embossing, custom picture framing, and vinyl applications. After landing at Big Secret, he felt that he'd found an environment that is truly welcoming, fast-paced, challenging, and creatively freeing. So Jason and Justin, welcome. So glad you could join us today. Great to have you. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So, oh, and we've got our, our mystery guest here on screen, the blank spot. Yeah. That's that's just so we can get the layout that we want. So we'll we'll just ignore that guy over there. <laughs> Some mystery man, or woman, or alien. <laughs> so I would love to know what kind of products you guys make there at Big Secret. I was um, poking around on your website and did a little bit of a blog post um, on some of your work, but I would love to have you share um, about what kind of things you make there. Sure. Uh, we like to say that we can kind of make anything and everything. We love to fabricate from, as Jeremy said, a really wide variety of materials and for a really wide variety of client, I always say it's cliche, but true variety is the spice of life. Um, so we're always working with artists, art directors, design firms, advertising agencies, filmmakers, um, and, and everybody in between. Um, and every project, even though we might use the same material from time to time, uh, is a little different. So we, we tend to focus on custom collaborations with creatives. That's, that's our main goal. 
And we've been doing this for a little over a decade now, and we've made all kinds of products, you name it. Um, a, a lot of what we do is business to business um, or working directly with an artist who might want multiples of something. We occasionally do high-end one-offs, um, such as that first project on our website, actually, or sorry, that third project, which is a 183-piece wall hanging uh, for an executive at Facebook that hangs in their house. Uh, that was a one-off, but it was a really high-end one-off. Um, sometimes we're making hundreds of something or thousands of something. Just depends on the project. Uh, we don't really have a retail offering. We occasionally will put up a retail product for sale and a limited edition art object. Uh, but we're mostly a services-based vendor uh, for those partners I mentioned before. Mainly creatives is is where we like to uh, kind of focus on as much as possible because we both have creative backgrounds and we both appreciate, you know, art, uh, art and, and work that artists do. Excellent. So what's, uh, you mentioned that, uh, it's, it's mostly project based. Tell us a little bit more about that. What's a typical project look like? What's that process like from start to finish? Um, it's funny. I actually use the analogy of, uh, the filmmaking process a lot of the time for our projects, you know, where you've got pre-production, production, and post-production, uh, like you do in filmmaking. So, you know, when, it, when you're in pre-production and we're working with a client to figure out what their needs are, uh, we talk about things such as material, sizing, quantity, you know, is the artwork something that they're preparing or something that we're going to design in-house? Um, figuring out all those specifications, of course. Um, and then when it comes to production, you know, moving into working with our laser machines or other tools, you know, traditional woodworking tools uh, or CNC routers, et cetera, as you mentioned before, there's, you know, lots of tools. And it just depends on the project as far as the production goes. We're very laser centric. So we have CO2 lasers, uh, fiber marking wavelength lasers, which just means the source of the laser can mark organic or inorganic material. Uh, CO2 lasers can mark both. Um, so like plastic is a man-made material that the CO2 laser can mark, but it can also mark wood, which is an organic material, just to name two examples there. And then as far as post-production goes, you know, we're working on things such as maybe sanding it or painting it, attaching hardware if it needs hardware, um, polishing it, bringing it to like its finished state, packing it, shipping it, that's all post-production. Um, you know, each process, each project really does share uh, generally those three stages, um, but because we are so, you know, custom driven, you know, one project might have four of the same five parameters, but that one different factor makes it a completely different, um, project for us. So we, as you mentioned, you know, we love to experiment with non-traditional materials, uh, just because the laser is so versatile, the CO2 laser specifically. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun, you know, and a challenge to ourselves, even after a decade, of trying to figure out, hey, like, you know, have you ever lasered cheddar cheese or human bones or uh, like the ostrich egg project that you mentioned that we showed, we've worked on uh, a couple times uh, with, with ostrich eggs for different clients. Um, it's a substrate that, you know, basically as long as it burns well and, and has contrast when it burns and engraves, it's it's a potential for success in terms of a, a project we might be working on. Um, but it's, it's always fun to test new materials and push the boundaries. Uh, when we started out, we noticed that a lot of people use lasers for trophies, plaques, and signage. Um, and we think that that's, you know, tip of the iceberg when it comes to what these machines can do and utilizing them as more of a creative tool and experimenting with tons of different materials and collaborating with all these different clients has really been our focus um, 
just so that we don't get bored doing the same thing day in and day out. Um, if we had to come in every day and make softball trophies, you know, thousands of those a day, um, I'd probably be looking for a different job. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm guessing the, the laser cutter probably can't be used to do every aspect of every project, but is laser cutting kind of at the core of every project you do? It's at the core of most of the projects that we do, yes, without a doubt. The vast majority uh, either involve laser etching, laser cutting, or laser marking. That's really awesome. Um, I'm curious, um, how did you get started in laser cutting? Like, were you in a, a maker fair, or did you, you know, get excited about it in high school? wood shop or were you just born wanting to set things on fire, burn things? You know, what, what is your, you know, laser story? Yeah. Um, so I saw somebody use a laser to engrave something on the internet. I, I watched a, a YouTube video or something. Um, it was, you know, over a decade ago and I thought, huh, that's really cool. I wonder if I could laser my own laptop, which is anodized aluminum. And sure enough, you know, CO2 laser can easily strip through the anodization to get back to the raw aluminum. I didn't know this at the time. I found somebody with a laser not too far away willing to let me put my, my laptop inside of it and laser <laughs> a tool that I got from a, an internet friend who was an artist named John Bergerman. Uh, you know, he used to be based overseas. Now he's based in New York. Um, and he let me use his artwork to laser the laptop. You want to grab it? It's, uh, I don't know if we can actually. Oh, uh, we can't. Nope. Yeah, we can't. Nope. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, there's a project sitting in front of where that laptop is, but I still have it from over 10 years ago. And and long story short, when I saw the laser run for the first time, I was incredibly mesmerized. And I thought, man, this is a tool that could be used for so much more than trophies, plaques, and yeah. signage. Um, and and it, it didn't inspire me to start a business. It didn't inspire me to make Big Secret. Um, it simply inspired me to learn more, more about that tool. Right. Um, you know, yeah, that's it. Is, it. It's you know, mes I, it is. You're right. It's mesmerizing. It really is fun mm -hmm. to watch. It, it really is. Uh, when I did, I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I started researching how much do they cost? Yeah. Um, what are the different specifications that you know they, they deal in, such as how powerful they can come or how big they can come, et cetera. And then once I, once I did a couple of months worth of research, I saved up and I bought one to put in the corner and use as a hobby you know i, I was yeah. lasering as a hobby and that turned into a side business and that grew into a full-time business which is big secret over the course of a year and it was very organic growth so yeah. we did not have a business plan back then and i'm proud to say we don't have one now <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty quick though over one year that's pretty quick over yeah. one year yeah. i say that um with the caveat that you know, the 10 years before that, I worked in a creative industry doing website design and development. Mm -hmm. And I, and mm -hmm. I'm friends with a lot of artists and creatives. So I brought this tool to them saying, Hey, I have this capability now. Will you help me experiment? And so, you know, my friends who are artists or people running advertising firms, uh, would come to me and say, Oh yeah, I know you have that laser. You know, could we make something for this house party we're throwing? Or could you help mm -hmm. us make this stencil for a client or this Mason jar for drinkware for a, an, an event we're having and I would kind of get paid to play you know mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't replace anything but you know I'd, I'd, I'd say yeah you know a couple hundred bucks we can laser this and that for you uh and it, it was a really awesome time of just you know getting getting our feet wet and learning what the capabilities were how to price for things how to source materials 
and work with tangible goods. Uh, like I said, I did website design development before, and so everything was on screen. Mm. With this, you can touch, hold, smell, you know, after it comes off the laser. And the tangible object is such a, a wonderful uh, thing to bring to life versus something on screen. That's right. Um, it's just okay. digital. It's a whole other thing this, when people and it's this wonderful balance of the uh, the technological and the creative, you know, the, the sort of the two different halves of the brain and everything, which I love. It sounds like you guys are very similar, that you enjoy both sides of the process. I Absolutely. I used to say that very early on, that we've got this great, like, digital component of kind of preparing everything and working on the art and then bringing it to life in this tangible form. So that's yeah. absolutely correct. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. How about you, Justin? What was your first experience with laser cutting? Yeah. Um, so actually my first experience was, uh, an AA trophy shop where we did, uh, trophies, plaques and signage. And, uh, I was the graphic designer, um, at the shop, uh, you know, and I worked primarily in printing and stuff like that, but I was around lasers quite a bit. Uh, and that piqued my interest. I then, uh, actually bought a small hobby laser on my own and, uh, sort of taught myself on that, uh, which was very convenient because, probably about six months after um i did that i ended up working here so nice. it worked out very, very well. yeah. yeah yeah that's great awesome. um your moms were the first two people to comment and like our uh facebook live announcement um so we <laughs> want to give a shout out to moms hi moms um hi moms um hi, moms. do you have any um <laughs> Did they, did they encourage you as kids to become the creative people you are? It's a good question. You want to go first? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, my whole family is very creative. Uh, as I was growing up, there was a ton of craft time, uh, you know, especially at like family gatherings or if, you know, people in town, were out of town, things like that. Uh, my grandma was also very artistic and very creative as well. Um, she'd keep me a lot in the summer, um, you know, along with my aunts. Like I said, very creative family, and uh, they really piqued my interest uh, just in visual objects and making it a very, very early age. Um, on my end, uh, I would say, you know, like I mentioned, Big Seekers never had a real business plan or anything. Um, and people ask, you know, you know, you guys are successful in this realm or in this way, you know, what do you attribute to your success? And I think back to, you know, how my mom talks to everybody and about how I've become a really resourceful person and how I think in any small business, you have to be able to network, talk to people, know how to talk to people and thus be resourceful. Um, and, you know, from a young age, like, you know, my mom still to this day always talks to everybody. Um, and so I do the same. I, I just like everybody about everything and sometimes that leads to a project and that's great um and sometimes it doesn't lead to anything um until five years later when that person remembers that conversation that this is what i do and then it leads to a project you know literally years down the line um so I'm, i've always been appreciative of of my communication skills because of my mother um and being able to talk to kind of anybody and everybody i think that's really helped me be resourceful and build this business um yeah that's nice. awesome. Um, how about any, un, tell us about some of the unusual materials you guys have, have gotten into with the laser cutters. Like I saw on your website, that video at the top, I, I saw there was a scene in there with a pancake getting etched. Well, what are some of the, the less common types of materials you guys have done projects with? 
man, it's, it, there's so many over the years, but, uh, yeah, food is certainly one of them. We've done pancakes and chocolate and cheese. I've done pizza, like even topping for pizza. We've done cupcakes, We've done full sheet cakes. Actually. Um, there's a great photography gallery up the street called Candela and they throw a yearly party for a group show that they do at the art gallery. And, uh, one year, uh, the, the, Gordon, who runs the gallery, put laser cake on the poster. Um, not, not having not, not discussing that with me, um, and then called me up and said, "Yeah, I put laser cake on the poster, so we got to figure out what that is now." You know, uh, so we 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 had we baked these like yellow sheet cakes and we lasered illustrations and text onto them, and we actually cut them up at the gallery show, and they everybody who came ate laser cake, um, which was. <laughs> But other than food, you know, um, the ostrich egg is one for sure. Um, there's some like, you know, objects that are not traditional, like just sheet goods, like, you know, wood or paper or glass or just like sheet goods. Um, but we've, we've lasered, you know, entire guitars. You can see that on our website uh, where we take the strings off take the pit guards off, kind of strip them down. And then the shape, you know, to fill out the whole body of the guitar, laser that. Um, that's not a super untraditional object, uh, but it, I think, is a little bit untraditional in the world of lasering, you know, where trophies and plaques are standard. Um, not everybody's willing to put a $500 Yamaha in, in the laser. And this one was actually turned into an award for a, a conference uh, that Qualtrics put on, puts on. It was actually made, you know, I think 30 or 40 or 50 of these guitars. They're really beautiful objects uh, that are, you know, got a lot of three dimensionality to them. Um, and it's, it's got great artwork. We collaborated with uh, a, a really wonderful letterer and uh, artist named Kevin Cantrell, who I always wanted to work with and reached out to, to prototypes and stuff, just to say, I'm a fan of your work. And, and this is a great example. Like I mentioned before, we didn't work together on anything for a year or two uh, other than these prototypes, but he knew about us because I liked his work. I reached out and then fast forward a couple of years, he says, I think I have a project for us. And he brings us Nike uh, and we do these Nike bats, you know, um, we grab the Nike yeah. bat. We, awesome. yeah, we can actually bring that over here and a couple other objects. Yeah. Grab a couple other things too. Um, <clears throat> But uh, I think human bones is one of the most untraditional, and I, I know I mentioned that. Like in your, you mentioned that in your little introduction. Uh, we've done femurs um, and a couple other bones. There's an oddity shop up the street, and the proprietor of that shop, you know, was interested in making a gift for his girlfriend at the time, and so he wanted to use human bones. And I said, sure, let's laser human bones. So we we did that. You know, we're open to trying anything. Yeah, just throw that stuff down. Yeah, this is the bat. So the, the challenge of this bat yeah. was that, you know, and there's there's a lot of challenges with it, but one is that it's a sloping circumference. Um, and it was, we wanted to laser it head to toe, I always say, from top to bottom. Yeah. And um, the, you know, the rotary attachment for our machine allows for an object to be about 20 inches long on there. And the bat is 34 inches long, 32 to 40, 34 inches long. And uh, so we had to hack the rotary attachment to allow it to uh, accommodate a longer object and then develop a technique to laser this in sections so that it wasn't distorted, so that we could do it head to toe, et cetera. I'll hold this up a little bit just so you can see some of the engraved wood here. And this part, we, you know, we painted black and then 
lasered through the paint, the spray paint, to get it back to the wood. I was going to ask about that, how you got that inverse coloring, because what strikes me is that the light areas where you etched away, the, how did you get them to be so light? Because I would have expected those to be darker from the etching. I would say 10 years of laser experience, Jerry. I guess. I guess. <laughs> wow, I mean, that is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, the, the real answer is we destroyed some bats, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the prototyping process for this, you know, we spend about a week just using what's called a blem bat. And blem bat, I've learned because I've learned a lot through the past 10 years about different materials and terminology. When we worked on this project, I learned that a blem bat is a blemish bat that they throw aside that it's it's not game ready and they sell cheaper. So we grabbed a bunch of blemish bats and we uh, we just experimented to figure out the process. But um, yeah, it's got a light coat of spray paint and then we dialed in our settings to laser through and not give too much of a burn once we got through the paint, but enough depth to give it some nice texture. Wow, it just, it really goes to show that as, as fabulous as these tools are, it's it's not as simple as pushing a button. I mean, there's definitely an art to it and, and experience goes a long way. That's impressive work. Yeah, I think, I think the experience with the machine helps. And then like you said, you know, the desire to create something artistic with it is is really a big drive. Not everybody is gonna is gonna pay for something that's higher end, um, but we always like to focus on quality over quantity in general. And I always tell people we're not the cheapest, but we're the best. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's where you want to be. Right. Yeah. Do you guys create um, all or any of the artwork? Is it kind of a 50-50? Do your clients give you the artwork and say, I want it on a pancake or on this or that? Or do you do the design work too? Uh, that's shifted over the years, actually. I would say early on, we were doing more of the design work in-house. We still do some of it now. But because we've been around for a decade um, and we have a lot of repeat clientele, a lot of great agencies we work with, or artists or art directors who know us, they know that they can bring us artwork. And so I think it's less 50-50 these days and probably realistically more 75-80% of people kind of bring their own art to us. Um, but that might not mean that it's laser ready, right? We might have to prepare the art. We give feedback. We test things like line width or half toning. We do interpolation of grayscale so that it changes how deep the laser goes for various parts of the artwork. So there's a lot of our experience with the lasers and with the, the pre-production, as I said before, preparing the artwork um, mm -hmm. so that we can dial things in to kind of have as successful as a result as possible. Um, but I would say, you know, we touch like 20, 25% of the, of the art either, you know, at the very beginning of the process or, or it's a collaboration between us and artists or art directors. That's really cool. What's yeah. your uh, biggest challenges to running this kind of business? Did I mention we don't have a business plan? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there's so many challenges within a small business. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges? I I'm going to go ahead and say that um, for me, it's always about pushing forward and trying to figure out, you know, what is the next material we can experiment with? Who's the next cool client you know we can work with that that we both want to work with um, and collaborate with and and basically I think not plateauing not not experiencing stagnation and continuing to grow creatively not necessarily grow in the terms of the amount of employees we have um, or the amount of revenue we're making but we're driven by the idea that we're a decade in 
you know, what's our next Nike bag? What's our next good, cool guitar project? What's our next, you know, um, project that's going to really impress us and make us happy with the output. So that, that's a really big challenge for me to not stop and say, okay, we make bats now and all we're going to do is laser bats. We, we can start a whole company lasering these bats and sell them. We get people who ask us monthly, where can we buy a Nike bat? How much is a Nike bat? And the or Nike bat was, it, yeah, it was used as a trophy for home run derbies. You know, or, it wasn't a retail item. Or those guitars. I could see those being immensely popular. I, a hundred percent. There's so many items over the years and projects where I've said we could spin this off into its own another sure. business. If I if I had nine mm -hmm. lives, I totally would. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, and then you know, other challenges. You know, there's there's ups and downs every year. I say we make money a little differently from year to year. There's always ebbs and flows, hills and valleys. You know, we might be working for a couple of years with this kind of client, and things are going, and then that work might shift away, and other work picks up. Um, you know, living through this past year of the pandemic has certainly taught us that in terms of adaptation, uh, being, being flexible and being good at adaptation has been really good during the pandemic year. Of course, having a decade of momentum behind us really helped pull us through with ease. Yeah. I will say during that year, um, we saw a lot of industries go down in terms of their work workflow and then other industries pick up. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was, there was just like this natural kind of uh, flow uh, leveling mm -hmm. of you know some industries bringing us less work some industries bringing us more work yeah. and at the very beginning you know in last March April you know where we had extra time if we had any extra time and staying late we would laser cut uh, PPE for first line responders yeah. Yeah. We, we laser cut hundreds of face shields and thousands of fifteen or twenty thousand pieces of fabric for a local nonprofit down the street to sew together into masks you know early on. Um, okay. And we were we were lucky to be able to have a skill set to be able to provide something like that during the beginning of the pandemic. So that was really wonderful. You know, if we had just started this business six months prior to the pandemic, I don't know what you know it would look like today, and I don't know that we would have had the bandwidth or the experience to be able to produce you know all these face masks, all this PPE for um, for our community. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing to see how how folks in the industry stepped up and and helped mm -hmm. put this technology to use to to fit that uh, that need. Just amazing to to be part of that. Absolutely. So a lot of our customers and the people that are are watching uh, and will be watching this are uh, folks that are new to laser cutting and uh, or maybe even just thinking about getting their first laser cutter. What advice do you have for them? Uh, things to try, things to stay away from, uh, tips and tricks, anything, any advice for them? Oh, man. Buy a fire extinguisher? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have any tips? I have uh, some. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're just now getting into it, uh, you know, make sure that uh, you have some source of ventilation. Uh, you know, a lot of really inexpensive lasers, K40s, things like that. Uh, totally cool to sort of learn on, but you know, definitely like get some sort of uh, you know air assist in there. Uh, so when it's cutting, it's not just scorching and causing fires. Like yep. I said. Really good ventilation, really good exhaust. Um, that would be. Something. I mean, obviously with Glowforge and things like that, it's a little less okay maybe than when I started uh, and got my own hobby laser. But you know, um, that would definitely be a big thing. I'd say, uh, you know, if you're if you're just starting to get into it, um, you know, it might be worth 
might be worth spending a, a little bit more just so that you're not constantly having to tinker with the, you know, For some sure. of the lower end stuff. Yeah. 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 And I would say, you know, when I started out being, again, being somebody who tries to be very resourceful, I would ask a lot of questions, um, mainly in online forums, because uh, uh, there's a great community of makers out there who love tinkering with every size machine, every, every you know, one watt machine up to a thousand watt machine, um, and a- ask questions and experiment, like push, push to, you know, oh, like I know everybody lasers wood, so I'm just going to laser wood or plastic, you know, like think outside of the box. I mean, paper is a really, really fun material to experiment with. And yes, they are all kinds of things you can make. It's incredible. Yeah, this I, is a I agree. Some of the most fun I've had with a laser cutter is just with like poster board, you know, you can do so yeah. much fun stuff with that. Yeah. This, I mean, this is paper right here and you can yeah. flat pack this, this thin and then we made this and it pops up into a three dimensional piece. Wow. That's awesome. Nice. So this was a new building at a university and it, it's, it's laser etched paper and laser cut paper. There's no printing on it. So the, the laser burning gives it contrast and we etch into it. And then the laser cutting uh, gives us all these layers that we then just glued together with tabs. But it's great how it's very satisfying how it just folds right down and then flat packs, you know? That's great, yeah. yeah. Very smart. Yeah, I've got my first uh, laser cutter. And so I've been mostly just doing materials testing. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a very visual learner. So um as I am starting to think about designing things on my own, not just downloading from like Etsy or something, um, I've found that I am taking uh, paper and cardboard and stuff and kind of putting it together, um, then drawing out my shape and then bringing it in to the, the, the design work and then lasering it on paper before I try it on like the, the MDF or something so that I know that it's gonna fit together. Um, there's, there's a bit of a learning curve because, you know, when you make a hole, it's going to be bigger than what you thought it was going to be and things don't stay together. So, um, it's been really fun to play with. I'm looking forward to seeing what else I can do. Um, Yeah. And that prototyping process is so important. And I would say another tip for somebody starting out such as yourself is to take great notes, right? Documentation. So, you know, like, Oh, what was that setting? I tried seven passes ago. (laughs) I think it was 30% power, 20% speed. Um, you know, we try to take good notes and document things, but sometimes you're moving so fast and you're so excited that you forget to write down, you know, exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. I wasted a lot of time from not doing that. Yep. <laughs> um, what are your, what are your favorite projects you guys have worked on so far? Each I'm going to let you. Justin take that one first. Yeah, um, I mean, we've uh, done a lot of really cool projects. I uh, really liked uh, the uh, wall hanging that we did for the uh, Facebook uh, exec, the one that Jason had mentioned. Um, You know, it involved, I think, uh, it involved a decent bit of overtime and three different kinds of wood. Um, We used 18 different and there's a lot of you know painting taping etching cutting painting you know where the et- tape has gone away like and been etched away mm-hmm. um, you know fitting these pieces together uh oh, is this was- is this the one that you sent the image over of the photo actually no it's the, if you can you pull up our website again is that yeah possible? absolutely absolutely 
if you can pull up our website, it's the third or fourth project down. If you go back to the top and then scroll down. Yeah, uh, it's that blue crest yeah. right there on the left. Yeah. Yeah, if you click on it says Trust Yourself, it's got the cat on the top. That's actually three feet tall. It's hard to get a sense of the scale with it on the white background. People think <laughs> that's a graph. Scroll down, you can actually see it from the angle right there. So it's, that's actually three-dimensional. And it is, like Justin's saying, like so many parts, and it's, it's kind of like a puzzle. How do, you, how do you fit it together, give it depth, not have it be too intensely, um, and, and maintain all the colors that the client wanted. They really wanted to match the sketch that they had sent yeah. um, that, that had a lot of color and really popped. It was a, a family crest with a whole story behind it, and it's, it's hanging in this Facebook executive's house now. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's, uh, that like a lot of the projects we have, you know, uh, people will have like an idea, but it will be a flat image, you know. So it's sort of our responsibility to make this flat image into a 3D object, yeah. um, you know, which is where a lot of the collaboration things like that actually happen. You know, the how do we get it from the screen or you know the paper to the wood or or the glass or acrylic or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Nice. I don't have, I get asked this all the time and I don't have a great answer for it because I love so many of the projects that we've done over the years. We've been so lucky to work with so many great artists and actually make some gifts for, for celebrities as well. So generally what I'll say is like the last like project we've done or the last really cool project we've done is like my favorite because it's, it's the one that we just touched, you know, um, mm -hmm. recently, to make a, a, a magic wand and a really cool wooden box that was laser engraved with a brass inlay uh, for Ariana Grande. Like that, that was like oh, for her. Wow. So that, that was a cool celebrity job. And um, sometimes we get to work on projects for Neil Patrick Harris, David Copperfield, JJ Abrams. Um, and it's really fun making, you know, a, a challenging project for, for somebody who probably gets a thousand gifts a year, you know, like from, from, from all <laughs> So how can we you know, stand out, differentiate ourselves, really put a lot of quality and time into it and be really happy with it when it leaves the space? But there's there's too many to name. The Nike bat, the guitars. Um, we've made products such as this little puzzle that opens up that's a pyramid um, for Theory 11, which is a, a great client of ours, a great partner. They, uh, they work on magic tricks and high-end playing cards, and we've gotten to make tons of really cool stuff for them over the years. Mm. That's really cool. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you mentioned uh, COVID and obviously that's affecting all of us in different ways. How, tell us a little bit more about that. How has that impacted you guys? How have you had to adjust the way you're doing things or the, the, the type of work or the way you're working? That's a good question. Um, I think a lot of it has been a mentality um, of adaptation, of, of ensuring that we can continue to do what we love to do to the best extent that we can during the pandemic. Um, so we were already doing a lot of work in, or nationally and shipping out. So, you know, we're doing even more of that where we're drop shipping stuff direct to clients instead of having people come by to pick them up, obviously. Um, but, you know, we're also looking for industries that we can help, not just with PPE, like I mentioned, but, you know, distance learning has become a really big um, a necessity for a lot of children who are at home uh, on Chromebooks or, you know, tablets uh, in classrooms via digital means. And last year at the end of the year, we actually collaborated with a, a school district in Florida to laser etch 17,000 laptops. 
projects that we were able to to collaborate on um, to to put these graphics on seventeen thousand laptops. Wow. So so it's fun. Yeah, I know it's a lot of laptops. <laughs> um, <laughs> having like pallets of them rolled in here daily, which was, which was awesome. And a really great challenge. One of the biggest projects we've ever done to date in terms of the scale, you know, 17,000 objects to, to laser mark. Um, but we're, we're up for a challenge. Um, the pandemic is, a, is another kind of challenge. I think if you do this for, for 10 years, if you survive your first couple years of running your own business, et cetera, you're not immune to, to new challenges every day, every week, every year. And the pandemic um, you know, is, is such an unprecedented thing for, for us as a, as a collective society. Um, but the idea of a, a new challenge to adapt to is not. Um, so I think we applied a lot of our, you know, learnings from the past. Again, our experience, like I said, having a decade of momentum behind us really helped pull us through and, you know, maybe freak out for a minute, but then get back to work and figure out mm-hmm. like this challenge. Um, I think designers and creatives often work best with constraints. Um, you know, like, hey, we've got $500 to spend. We, hey, we've we've got to do it in a week. Or, you know, um, it's got to be this Facebook blue, you know, even though we don't love blue. Um, we, we take those constraints and we use them as a starting point to figure out how to solve the problem. Um, same same thing with the pandemic. Everybody working together to to work safely um, and to, to still maintain, you know, at the core of what we want to do, make quality work. So... It's 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 just been another challenge for us. Mm, yeah, it's all about adaptability for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have uh, we have more questions for you, but I'm thinking before we move on to those, maybe this is a good time to ask you guys to. Uh, I know you had something prepared. To, you wanted to show us a little something in the shop. There, this might be a good time to to do that. Sure. Sure. Um, and uh, just in case, just in case we have a couple of folks that listen to the podcast version of this, kind of tell us, just you know, sort of tell us what you're showing us as we go here. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we have a demo set up on one of our fiber marking wavelength machines. This laser source uh, it marks uh, it marks inorganic materials natively, so primarily metals and plastics. Um, it can do other stuff, but those are two of the main materials that you would use in a machine like this. Um, instead of the laser being being moved by a gantry style, a gantry is like when the arm goes back and forth on a machine. Um, the laser is actually directed by galvanized mirrors, galvo mirrors, and the galvo mirrors move at four thousand millimeters a second. They're incredibly fast, so the machine will fire the laser beam into this mirror and then position where it goes uh, as it draws, let's say line by line, onto your substrate. So we set up a little demo here. We've got the red dot. And we're going to just go ahead and activate this guy to fire into this anodized, uh, or actually I think this is a painted aluminum it looks like. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to fire it away and, and see, just to show you guys. Let's see if we can see, yeah. How we can achieve contrast and how fast this laser can work. That is incredibly fast. Wow. Yeah, so right now it's it's positioning that beam with that mirror and it's almost done. There it goes. So it's done. It's produced a little filled in graphic here. This is the three D universe. Uh you sorry, three yeah, yeah. D Yeah, yeah. Universe. That's it. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, amazing Yeah. And then but now we're also gonna go ahead and show you uh we're gonna kind of speed up how fast it can move to show you kind of an outline pass. Um, and we're going to do that multiple times. Okay. Go ahead and turn this off and see if that helps. Hold on one second. 
Just so you can see how fast this thing can move. Ready when you are. Wow. So we've actually, there we've just laser marked it about 20 times in this outline pass mode. It's pretty fun. It gives a little light show. Yeah, sure does. Sounds yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, love this technology. That's, yeah, it's, it's super fun. And it's all about, you know, all right, it can do that. Now what else can we do with it? Um, That's right. Yeah. So much fun. That's really cool. Well, with all of the all of the stuff that you do at work, or do you have any personal projects you work on? Oh, all, all, all the time. time. Yeah. We both we both do all. Yeah, Get gifts for friends or partners, um, and, or some for ourselves. You know, if we need to laser make something. Um, yeah. Oh, they're fantastic for gifts. Oh, so so yeah. much to do. Yeah. So good. Yeah. No, definitely. I've made everything from pins to uh, you know a. Uh, four-tier shelf out of yeah. laser, yeah. so, you know. Hmm. Yeah. So, do you, do you have lasers yeah. that'll cut, like, thicker materials? Like, usually people are working with, you know, eighth-inch, quarter-inch. Do you have lasers that are more powerful that can cut thicker materials than that? We, yeah, yeah, we do. We have a couple of uh, bigger machines in the back uh, just yeah. over that wall that cut through a uh, half-inch thick material on average. Wow. Um, but it really depends on the substrate you're working with. While they're capable sure. of cutting, you know, half-inch or more, you know, wood or plywood hardwood etc you're going to get a really charred edge from the burning because you're cutting it with a beam of light right and as, as you're cutting it you're you're burning it so you've got yep. char on the edges so you'd have to really go in and clean that up it might make a big mess um yep. but like you know, we can cut half inch thick acrylic on these machines etc i find mm -hmm. that you know your, your co2 lasers of this capacity they're that they, while the if you higher wattage one can cut through the material, it doesn't always mean it's the best tool for the job, you know? Okay. Um, so you, might, you might CNC route out a, a inch thick piece of wood and then bring it to the laser and laser etch onto it. But it all, it all depends on the job and the look that the client's going for. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, our machines in the back are pretty powerful. And then we have a, a smaller CO2 that we actually will take on site for events, do like on site live lasering, you know, um, to show that off at a it, very, you, so is there for the for the on-site live demos and everything is that is that doing laser cutting like what you just showed us is that the type of thing you're demoing there showing those the same machines and what they can do not just demoing and we're not doing it to sell machines we don't we're not a reseller of any lasers of uh, yeah we'll, we'll collaborate with a client to to bring it to an experiential event so for example we did a golf event for, that was a pro-am and uh, we had a collaboration with Morin Giles, who's a leather maker. They've been in Lynchburg, Virginia for about 100 years, I believe, or almost 100 years. And um, they have beautiful leathers, and they had as a laser engraving leather uh, shoe bags for the golfers mm -hmm. on site. And what we would do is ask their initials. Oh, nice. Set it up and actually monogram each of these shoe bags on site during the pro-am. And, I mean, while the event was going on, we did we did over 100 of these shoe bags. It was great. Um, yeah, that's fun. We, we could take it to a brewery and, and laser glassware. Hey, it's the grand opening of this new brewery. You know, maybe we're customizing and saying, you know, Jeremy was here on day one of XYZ Brewery. You know? Right, okay. I gotcha. You can, you can put a personal spin on it and make every object unique, even on site, you know. Uh, yeah. And, and we'll get, get a feel for what the laser can actually do and watching it work. Like we said earlier, is mesmerizing. It is, yeah. That's really cool. 
Um, I know that uh, you have done some improv and graphic design and um, other kinds of art artistic endeavors. Um, what other hobbies do you have when you're not lazy cutting? What other hobbies do I have? What do I like to do? I love to play ping pong. <laughs> um, I like old cars. Um, and I have a six-year-old son, so I'm spending a lot of time with him. Um, yeah. He's teaching me how to play chess, and he's beating me frequently. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, parenting, I guess, and then uh, and then table tennis, um, uh, rock climbing. I got I got a ton of hobbies. I like to do it all. Kind of like with the laser stuff, uh, I'd get bored doing any one thing. So I have mm -hmm. too many hobbies, and being spread too thin is probably my biggest weakness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What about you, Justin? Uh, yeah, um, you know, I've pretty much always uh, played in bands. Um, yeah, I play uh, play bass all the time and you know guitar mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, you know, before the pandemic, I would I loved going to shows and things like that. Um, you know, after the pandemic, still still playing music. Uh, you know, skateboarding when I can. Um, I recently got a motorcycle. I've been riding that quite a bit um, when the weather's permitting. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of where, where I'm at when I'm not uh, either doing, you know, laser work or, um, you know, work, so. Right. Did you, did you laser etch your own skateboard with any cool designs? No, not mine personally, but we have laser etched uh, several different really cool skateboards. Um, yeah. One for um, you know an uh, art show recently, actually five that we did sort of as like a um, oh was that for Ed? Yeah, for Ed. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, for, um, yeah Ed, he's a Richmond-based artist, and uh, you know it was it was one of his uh, images that he made. I don't know why I looked over here. One of the images <laughs> that he made uh, over uh, you know five skate decks, um, you know, to make one really large sort of framed out. So, Jason, you alluded to this a little bit before. You talked about how, you know, things are constantly changing. You're keeping your eyes out for kind of what the next thing is. In terms of the technology, is, does that apply as well? Are you guys looking at, like, uh, the, the latest tools and technologies and looking at how you can incorporate those and, you know, new offerings that might be opened up with that? Is that, is that kind of part of that growth that you were talking about? Absolutely. Um, it's, it's fun to see, you know, what's coming out, what's next from the top three laser manufacturers um, that, that we tend to keep an eye on. Um, and, and then everybody else as well, you know, to see, okay, like, you know, this company might have a, you know, a bigger offering for less money, but they're glass tubes versus metal tubes. So yeah, I certainly keep my ear to the ground about kind of what's next with the technological end of it. But we also do a healthy amount of letting our clients and our projects that we get involved in with our clients drive you know what kind of tools we're using um, to benefit their projects the best you know there's I would I would love to have you know uh, a plasma cutter or a water jet in here um, but you know, we just don't have enough business in that realm in that wheelhouse to support having one so we will lease time on machines as needed or subcontract out certain things for certain projects that have multiple components where we don't have a tool um, just like if you need a fancy like pneumatic hammer or whatever, you'd go to your hardware store, rent it to use it for that project, then return it. 
Um, so we do a combination of both, They're keeping our ear to the ground and thinking about what's next for us in terms of our machinery, but also letting client projects kind of drive, um, you know, what we need to have in shop and sorry, in house. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Again, um, I have no plan. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's a case of fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, oh man, it'd be really cool to have a wireless pin nailer. So now we are cordless ones and now we have one, you know, um, and, <laughs> and we'll put it to use, we put it to use last week, installing a 10 foot wide mural that I sent you that image of, um, which is in a residential home. So this is laser cut Baltic birch. It's laser etched, laser cut, and then it's pin nailed to that wall. And it's, it's a handful of pieces. It's, uh, almost 80 or hundred pieces. Uh, huh. beautiful, beautiful Thanks. work. Yeah. Nice. Well, it's uh, it's amazing work you guys are doing. I, I and I like I said at the beginning, it's just so exciting when we hear about people that have built a business by leveraging these technologies, combined, of course, with with your skills. But uh, that's what I love about the the digital fabrication realm. You know, three D printing, laser cutting, CNC, the whole the, all of it. It's just it it's it's such a powerful set of tools that you're putting in the hands of people that they can they can do things that that just you couldn't imagine doing before it's it's just wonderful to see so i thank you for sharing your story it's been wonderful mm -hmm. to to hear what you guys have been up to uh obviously the main website is big secret big secret so we hope people will check that out are there other places people can go if they want to follow you or your work do you guys have other social media channels things like that that you want to plug here Sure. Um, our Instagram is a good source of, uh, of more up-to-date content. Uh, and it's at, at Big Secret Studio on, on Instagram. Um, and that's our main platform for social media at the moment. Uh, but the website's a great resource to reach out about a project. Awesome. Well, uh, again, I really appreciate you guys joining us today. It's been a fun discussion. Uh, as always, we will have uh, a recording of this up on our YouTube channel, and there'll be a podcast available for people to check out. And uh, go to 3duniverse.org, check on uh, 3D Universe on Tethered to see uh, the listing of those episodes and check out the other good stuff we have coming up. Jason, Justin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much yeah, for thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and thanks everyone for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.